Hey friend, are you searching for a podcast that partners faith and entrepreneurship? A toolkit of tactical how-tos to start or grow your online business God's way? Hop over and check out The Stephanie Gass Show, a top 0.5% podcast for women who are ready to create impact and income without sacrificing family or their faith. Listen in to over 500 episodes on biblical business training, clarity on your niche, podcasting, monetizing, and so much more. That's S-T-E-F-A-N-I-E-G-A-S-S, The Stephanie Gass Show. I pray it blesses you. Good morning, my friend. I hope you are doing well. We are having a great time uh, and some exciting things happening that I'll share with you in a few days and can't wait to bring that stuff to you. It's Thursday, and I'm going to bring you a throwback episode from way back in 2015. This is a You Start Today podcast episode called Sorry for Yourself, and it's about what to do when you get caught in that self-pity struggle, self-pity cycle that we get into sometimes when we start feeling like everything is so hard, everything is so difficult, everything is impossible, and that's a time when you just can't make progress. So here's some thoughts on how you can snap out of it when everything feels hard. And when you're kind of stuck in that self-pity cycle that that keeps you limited and hurt, and I think it'll help. So, you know what, friend? We are with you. We're for you. We're praying for you. Don't forget WLE1MD.com. It's got everything you need to connect, pray for, and with other people, and connect to the newsletter. We're with you. It's Throwback Thursday. Here is Sorry for Yourself from You Start Today, and that's what you need to do, my friend. Start today. Hey, my friend. Welcome back. I have a question for you. Do you ever feel sorry for yourself? You know, my life is so hard and no one understands and I'll never get that job or he took that sale away from me or whatever. Here's the thing, my friend. Self-pity is one of the most toxic and limiting things we can do to our brains and allow into our lives. The good news is self-pity, self-defeating behavior and, and that sort of thing, feeling sorry for yourself is always within our power to change, always. I want to share a small idea with you this week. It's one of those little ideas that if you nurture it and grow it right, it can can become something in your life that's amazingly powerful. Here's the idea. You can't change your life until you change your mind. You can't change your life, my friend, until you change your mind. Life is hard and we all have problems. But if you respond to your problems by feeling sorry for yourself or even worse, by seeking other people's pity, you can expect the future to look very much like the past. This is true in business, relationships, finances, every aspect of your life. Why? Because the best predictor, the number one predictor of the future is the way things have happened in the past unless you change your mind. And today... We learn how. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery. To get it done, you can get the show notes and more at drleewarren.podbean.com. That's drleewarren.podbean.com, and if you'd like the show, 
please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. I want to begin this week by telling you a story. This is the story of a guy named Jerry. In the story, Jerry is in a lot of trouble. He's, he's really feeling sorry for himself because his folks have gotten themselves in a whole lot of trouble. And he's really miserable because of the whole thing. I want you to listen to what Jerry says and how pitiful he sounds. Afflicted, I've seen and I know what it's like to feel the rod of God's anger. There's no light. There's only darkness. Everywhere around me is darkness. That's where God has driven me. Against me, me alone, over and over, God is raising his hand incessantly. My bones are broken. My skin is rubbed off. My flesh is wasted. That's what God's doing to me. I'm besieged in hardship. I'm wrapped in a husk of bitter poison and trouble. I'm brought to darkness like those dead and decaying and left alone there to live. I'm cut off. God has fenced me in. He's tied me up. I'm crying and I'm carrying on and it's doing me no good because God's not even listening to my prayers. I'm closed in. I'm blocked off. I have no path. God's twisted and confused my steps. He's out there lurking around like a stalking lion, a bear. He's waiting to hurt me more. He dragged me off the path and tore me up and left me alone. God even drew back his bow and he's shooting his arrows at me. I'm hearing taunts and people are making fun of me. All around me, I'm the joke. I'm the laughing stock because God has filled me with bitterness. He's crushed my teeth. He's filled my mouth with gravel. He's humiliated me. He's trampled me in ashes. I'm fragmented. I don't even know peace. I can't even remember what it's like to be happy. I'm failed. My hope fails in the, in the face of what God has done to me. I've got grievous thoughts of affliction and wandering, and I'm plagued in my mind. I've got great bitterness. I'm grieved. My soul thinks back, and these thoughts are crippling to me, and I sink down. I can't even stand anymore. Man, Jerry sounds really pathetic. He is really wallowing in misery, doesn't he? You know, when you're scared, when your feelings are hurt, when you're feeling sorry for yourself, your brain chemistry changes. Here's the thing. Your brain is always in one of two states. It's in a learning thinking mode or it's in a protection defense mode. When you're in learning thinking mode, you're using your cortical power. You're using your cognitive powers to be able to rationally process things and learn new things and make good decisions. But when you're in that protection mode, when that's switched on, you're in that sort of fight or flight response and you can't be rational. Your subconscious takes over. When you allow yourself to wallow in self-pity or fear or anger or any of those other non-productive thought patterns, you can become paralyzed and unable to think your way forward, and that's very dangerous. It doesn't help you. It doesn't help anyone else. Sometimes we can convince ourselves that no one in the whole world has it as bad as we do, that our particular issue is the worst one ever and that there's no hope. Jerry was there. Listen to what he said again. Against me and me alone, over and over, God raises his hand incessantly. Really? Don't you want to just say, really? You want to shake him and say, really, Jerry? You're the only one in the world that God is mad at? You're the only one that's got any trouble? You're the only one. You and you alone has been singled out by God to punish. Nobody else has any problems. Somehow you've managed to offend God more than anyone else in history. I don't think so, Jerry. If you were able to look at the situation rationally, you might agree with me that self-pity is really sort of a form of arrogance sometimes. 
it's this, I'm, I must be special because everybody else is ganging up on me and mistreating me. Why is everything so hard for me? Why isn't anyone nice to me? Why does God hate me? Me, 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 me. Self-pity really is a form of arrogance. It's, it's, it's all about me. I hope this doesn't sound familiar to you, my friend, but I got to confess for most of us, including myself, there are some times in our lives when we have trouble with self-pity, with feeling sorry for ourselves. It's not always terrible. I mean, sometimes you, you need a minute to kind of, you know, hunker down with yourself and feel sorry about things. But as long as you recognize it and deal with it in a healthy way, it's okay. But sometimes it gets this bad and you can become convinced like Jerry did that it's hopeless. And when you're in that position, you're in a lot of danger. Think about being in a really dark room. I'm talking about totally dark, like in a cave, pitch black, so dark you can't see your hand in front of your face. You can almost hear the darkness around you. Like you can almost feel it on your skin. It's so dark that you can't see anything. But you turn around in the room and you notice that way off in the distance, there's a little point of light, just a little bit of light coming from somewhere. It might be a crack in a door. It might be an, uh, you might be seeing around a, a door frame somehow, but you see just a little point of light, not very bright, and you're not sure what all might lie between you and the light, whether it's safe to move forward. It's kind of scary. But you look in the other directions, and it's totally dark. You assess the situation. You might think, sure, it's really dark where I'm at, but I'm dry. I'm safe. Nothing's biting me. Nothing's hurting me. It's not so bad here in the dark. It could be dangerous to move towards that light anyway. There might be stuff I could trip on and fall, so why don't I just stay here? Why don't they bring the light to me anyway, right? Why does everyone else have easier access to the light? Why isn't somebody bringing me the flashlight and escorting me out? That'd be crazy, right? In a situation like that, the only way out is to move. You got to take a step toward the light. Light always gets brighter when you close in on it, doesn't it? Now, fortunately, the story about Jerry that I was telling you has a happy ending. Jerry was able to snap out of his self-pity and turn things around. You know how he did it? Sort of like last week when we talked about how a bloodhound, when he loses the trail, he goes back until he finds it. When, when we lose the trail of hope, we need to circle back like a bloodhound and find it. Jerry, and his real name is Jeremiah. The story is found in the book of Lamentations in the Old Testament, chapter 3 of the book of Lamentations. And I should say here that not all biblical scholars agree that Jeremiah wrote the book of Lamentations, but most, most of them think that he did. So we're going to stick with Jeremiah being the author here. But Jeremiah got himself in trouble. He was feeling sorry for himself, but then he went back and found the trail. Listen to how Jeremiah works himself out of trouble. Hey friend, are you searching for a podcast that partners faith and entrepreneurship? A toolkit of tactical how-tos to start or grow your online business God's way? Hop over and check out The Stephanie Gash Show, a top 0.5% podcast for women who are ready to create impact and income without sacrificing family or their faith. Listen in to over 500 episodes on biblical business training, clarity on your niche, podcasting, monetizing, and so much more. That's S-T-E-F-A-N-I-E-G-A-S-S, The Stephanie Gass Show. I pray it blesses you. Failed, I say to myself. My hope fails in the face of what the Eternal One has done. Grievous thoughts of affliction and wandering plagued my mind. Grieving, my soul thinks back, and these thoughts cripple me, and I sink down. Now listen to this, my friend, listen. Gaining hope, I remember, and wait for this thought. How enduring is God's loyal love. The eternal has inexhaustible compassion. Here they are, 
every morning new. Your faithfulness, God, is as broad as the day. Have courage, for the eternal is all that I will, is all that I will need. My soul boasts hope in God. Just wait. It's good. The eternal one is good to those who expect him, to those who seek him wholeheartedly. It's good to wait quietly for the Lord to make things right again. It's good to have to deal with restraint and burdens when young. Did you hear that, my friend? Jeremiah found the trail. He remembered how in times of trouble before, God always came through. He even came to realize that the trouble could be good for him, a growth experience. He found the light. Here's the thing. Everything that happens in your life, trust me on this, can be good for you. God, in fact, promises that too in the Bible in Romans 8, 28, by the way. Now, that's a verse that's commonly misquoted and manipulated by people, but it is a promise. The verse does not say, this is important, Especially if you're not a believer, because you can look at some of the things that Christians say and you can scoff at them because they're obviously not true. When you hear Christians say that if you have enough faith, for example, that everything will work out in your life and you'll always be happy, the Bible never says that. So if you hear somebody say that, be suspicious of their version of Christianity. It's not true. What the Bible does say is that God can work out everything for good, for the good of those who love him. God can work out together everything for the good of those who love him. Let me be honest with you. I'm a better person because I've been through a failed marriage, because I've been traumatized and more, because I've been shot at and mortared. I've had people bleed to death in my arms. I'm stronger and more compassionate, more gentle, more loving, more empathetic since I lost my son. None of those things were good things that I went through. But you have a choice in life, my friend. You can be on the anvil and you can be malleable and let God shape you into something better by the blows of life. Or you can just get the stuffing hammered out of you because guess what? We're all on the anvil, my friend. Life is hard. It's a hard place. And you can be shaped and improved by it or you can be crushed and destroyed by it. My buddy lost his wife to infidelity. It crushed him. He just gave up. He turned away from the light. Eventually, in spite of a great job and a high income and healthy kids and many friends and and what should have been a bright future, he killed himself. He just ended it all. He couldn't deal with it. You know why? Because he didn't go back and find the trail. He didn't see the light or he was too scared of the journey. Listen, self-pity feels sort of comforting at first. It's dangerous because it it starts to feel comfortable, like an animal that licks its wounds. It gives us a way to soothe our pain, and it can distract us from other emotions that we don't want to deal with, like grief or fear. And we can use it as a cry for help to gain sympathy for others or get ourselves off the hook. People, in fact, don't expect very much from people that they feel sorry for, do they? But self-pity is a Faustian bargain. It's a deal with the devil. It's a pyrrhic victory. Why? Because woe is me is incompatible with hope. Feeling sorry for yourself uses up energy you could be using, should be using, to turn your life around. When you're stuck in the past, you can't create a better future. You're not using your thinking brain. And while it feels good at first to get people to feel sorry for you, they will eventually just get tired of you. They'll lose respect for you. If you like being pitied, you wind up being pitiful. And that's not what you want, my friend. You want to snap out of it. You want to change your mind. You want to move toward the light, find the trail, because you can't shake your fist and roll up your sleeves at the same time. You got work to do. You got to get busy. You got to roll up your sleeves and get after it. You can't change your life until you change your mind. I read somewhere that the solution to self-pity is to make a 180-degree shift from aggravation to appreciation, from grumbling to gratitude. I think that's great advice. I've said it this way. Turn your face away from the problem and look towards the provider because God's out there trying to provide a solution for you. He's shining the light for you. 
Take a lesson from old Jeremiah and some advice I found in an article at AchieveSolutions.net. I'm going to put that link in the show notes. These are really good practical bullet points I just wanted to share with you. Number one, and you can see Jeremiah do all this too, by the way. Learn to recognize when you're feeling sorry for yourself. Realize that it's an enormous waste of time and energy and a drain on other people. Do something for somebody less fortunate than you. Get outside yourself and go look at people who are sick in the hospital and people who are homeless. Help other folks. It'll make you feel better. It not only makes you more aware of your own blessings, it makes you proud. And you can't feel pride and self-pity at the same time. You just can't. You can't feel sorry for yourself and feel proud of yourself at the same time. List all the things in your life you feel grateful for and, and list everything in the past that you thought was going to end badly, but it actually turned out okay. Write those things down. Identify somebody who's, who helped you in your life and find a way to thank that person. And if the reason you feel sorry for yourself is something that other people are going through too, like a divorce or a loss, then join a support group. Find some other folks who are dealing with it in a healthy way and also who are further down the path than you are and see that it's helpful. You know what, you know what I've done is since I lost my son is I found myself able to comfort and give hope to other parents who have lost children more recently than I have. Lisa and I have been able to, to kind of be there for and empathize with people who've, who've had those kinds of losses and say, hey, you know what? It doesn't ever get okay. It doesn't ever get easier, but look, we're still alive and we're still working and we're still healthy and, and, and you can make it. It's going to be okay. You can get through this. You, you can find other people who need to know what you've been through so they can understand that they can get through it too. That's a great way to snap out of self-pity. If you've got trouble finding the right group, then talk to somebody about it. Lots of people know about these things. And most of us, as much as we think we're alone, we're really not because the human experience is very common. And most things that we feel and have gone through have been shared by many other people. So, you know, my friend Jerry was so deep into self-pity that he thought he was the only one in the world that God was focusing on. He was as low as you can go, and he had to make a decision. My other friend, the buddy I mentioned a while ago, he made the wrong choice. He turned away from the light and gave up, and he died. But Jeremiah found the trail. He snapped out of it, and you can too. You want to change your life? Change your mind first. Look towards the light and take a step, just a step. Stop feeling sorry for yourself and snap out of it. There's good stuff in the light, I promise. You can't change your life until you change your mind. And you can do it, but you have to start today. Hey, thanks for listening. The Dr. Lee Warren Podcast is listener-supported. Check out patron.podbean.com slash Dr. Lee Warren. That's patron.podbean.com slash Dr. Lee Warren. Patrons and partners get free books, transcripts, special patron-only episodes, and more. And partners like you allow us to stay ad-free and keep growing. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmb.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.